episode two of the one-up formula hope you all have been enjoying it so far so man this guest the fact we got this guest on the podcast is incredible this early this this is one of my favorite people out there in the marketplace and i'm so fortunate that we were able to connect and so let's talk a little bit about mark mintry real quick so mark and i met in boston at an event and we've just developed our relationship over the years and just through texting calling and things of that nature and let me give you his background it's pretty impressive podcaster speaker and author of two books not just one book two books and to give you a little bit con- a little more context here mark is also the host of the global top 100 podcast called humans 2.0 featured in forbes nasdaq and yahoo finance as the top 21 growing podcast you must listen to back in 2019 so someone to pay attention to the people he's interviewed on that po- on that podcast by the way is incredible he's had seth godin on there he's had patrick bet david on there so pay attention to, to what he's doing his show's been listened over 10 million times and it features one of the greatest and again, like I said, greatest leaders in the world. And he's been talking to billionaires, professional athletes, all things of that nature, everything that I just mentioned, and also New York Times bestsellers. So definitely go check out that Humans 2.0 podcast. And also as well, he used to suffer from anxiety and health issues. And in November of 2016, he drew the line and said, hey, look, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better, draw the line in the sand, let me improve. And that's why he started Humans 2.0. And so he's a living, breathing example of how to overcome anxiety and how to be great in life and have a great mental attitude about everything you do. So y'all listen in to this guest. The gems that are dropped in here are all over the place to bring your notepad Tune in. Real quick, I want to show some love to one of our sponsors, Lessonly, and I love their motto, by the way, do better work, which is what our podcast is focused on here. And what they do over there, Lessonly, is they have a readiness and training software for high growth sales teams. So go check them out on their website, Lessonly.com, and much love to you guys. I'm really pumped about this guest here, Mark Mitri. Hopefully I'm saying that right. If I, I, I normally mess up people's names, so you can make fun of me if it's wrong. But, but uh, he, he's just got an incredible story, and we're going to dive into his one-up formulas. So, Mark, can you do just a quick intro of yourself and tell us what are you about and what are you looking forward to on this podcast? Dude, Morgan, thanks so much for having me. Dude, honestly, I do so many different things that I think the best way to describe myself is I literally spent the first part of my life trying to basically run away and avoid every single thing that I'm doing now. I literally just wanted to like blend in like a statistic. I didn't really want people to know my story or I had a story or my name. And now, you know, like I like I host pretty big podcasts. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. Uh, I'm I've, I'm a part of different like documentary series, like all kinds of different things. 
And really what I'm doing is I want to spread information that the 14 year old version of me didn't have around, um, you know, how do you best present yourself in society? How do you manage your mental health? How do you, um, you know, sort of like get out from the bottom, whether you're, you know, like born in this country or you're an immigrant. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And so, yeah, man, that's, that's what I'm all about, man. No, I mean, that that's really cool. And you definitely, you all should check out Mark's podcast. It's it's really great. And what we're going to dive into here and how we start with every guest is what are three tactical things that you do outside of work that's helped you be successful in your career thus far? I love this question, man, 100%. And I can give you a story later. But um, number one is... You know, I uh, I started a pretty successful business by the time I was like 15, 16, pretty young, and I was making like six figures. And I remember making a ton of money, being super successful, and just totally feeling empty. And ever since then, it's completely led me to really understanding um, what can I do as a human? What are the things that I weren't taught that I can best optimize myself? And to be honest with you, almost none of those have to do with like work, you know, as long as you're not doing something that's like terrible or sleazy or something like that. Um, so number one, man, is um, the biggest thing that I would say is you have to take care of both your hardware and your software. And I'm not sure if this could maybe be two points, but what I mean is basically this, right? Everyone in sales talks about like mindset. Everyone talks about like, you know, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? All that stuff is great. Mindset is super important. But I think a lot of people, due to just lack of awareness education, they don't understand that the mindset is the software, but the software has got to be installed in something. And it's got to be installed in the hardware. And that hardware is like our brain. And so when I was growing up, I faced different like uh, health challenges, mental health challenges that really led me to understanding this properly. And so that's like the framework that I'll work off of. And so three, three tips that I can give in terms of that is number one is like, I've talked to so many neuroscientists on my show and they'll tell you yep. the main reason your brain is created is to take care of your body. That's what it does first and foremost. And what people don't actually know is that you don't feel things in your brain. You actually feel things in your body. Okay. And so if you can find some sort of like stress relaxation for your body, not even your mind to start with. So that could be, uh, you know, you look, go on YouTube and looking up like a 10 minute yoga, you know, like Will, Will Smith has started, Will Smith started like a yoga podcast. Um, do you do yoga? Like yeah, I do yoga every single day. Okay. Okay. I, I don't want to derail your point, but no. so I, I want to talk about yoga real quick. So I thought it was going to be the easiest thing in the world. I, 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 my friend was like, yo, let's go to yoga. I was like, yoga, like, this is simple, bruh. I got wrecked. <laughs> like, every, like everyone was doing all these crazy stretches and I'm like, okay, this is way harder than I thought. But yeah, I want to put that side note in there. Awesome that you're doing yoga. Well, dude, I'm so glad that you said that, man, because I think that's a big thing that, um, like, I think especially as guys, it, it like, it can like turn us off and be like, oh, this seems, seems too easier. It's like too feminine. Yeah. The reality is, is like yoga can be any complexity you can. Like you could literally just look up like a five minute, very basic, like simple yoga that isn't like some crazy pose that's going to like yep. kill yourself. Um, and, and dude, if you do that every single day, you're going to see so many different kinds of benefits. Um, number two is. So I'm, I'm learning a lot about this and I've been implementing this for like the last several years and it's totally changed 
my game, but I'm a big fan of like nutrition and I won't get into it because it's pretty complicated, but I think the number one thing people need to pay attention to is vitamin D. Now, the reason why I say this is because, so my parents, they immigrated here from Egypt and they came yep. to America on the East coast in Boston. And so if you know, Boston, the sun, you know, Northeast, it's not really that much there except for the summertime. And so basically, um, you know, I have, you know, spoken to this doctor, his name is Dr. Daniel Amen, and he is one of the world's top neuroscientists, mental health doctors. He's like Justin Bieber's mental health doctor. He was like in his documentary. He's legit. And basic, yeah, he's legit, basically. Yeah, Bieber's involved, it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> and Miley Cyrus is too, but uh, <laughs> um, the biggest thing he told me is that in all mental health problems that he's seen, even even like lack of focus, anxiety, uh, depression, insomnia, the biggest factor, the biggest correlation is a lack of vitamin D. You mostly get that from going outside. And so if you can go outside, of course, like in a safe way, or if you could mm. supplement vitamin D, man, you got to do that. And then also like, the, you know, the CDC um, like dropped a study that said something like 90% of people who end up getting like seriously damaged from COVID also have a vitamin D deficiency. And so that's the mm. second thing that I would say. Um, and then also the second thing too, is like, I, um, as a kid, I grew up with a lot of autoimmune issues, things like, uh, allergies, asthma, yep. um, I had asthma like too. that. It, yeah. And, and, you know, I ended up working with like a functional doctor and one of the main things that we did were vitamin D and it's almost as if once I got enough of that, I just started putting that in my diet a lot of my issues in terms of the stuff went away. And so there's a lot of science about that. Like I, I won't get into, people can look into it though. Um, and then dude, last but not least, uh, the last thing that I would say is, uh, you ever tried out virtual reality, by the way? I have. So I'll, we, we can, we can touch on that. I did it here in Atlanta. So we have a VR bar and I also did it in, it's actually around the Boston area uh uh Woburn it's actually in Woburn oh yeah so there there's you guys have a whole thing like John took me to it and then in Vancouver Vancouver I've been there too and they have like a whole thing and I'm actually going to go to Vancouver here soon um and I'm going to link up with my guy Scott Barker and we're about to do like a whole we're about to do like a whole thing for a day yeah dude it's gonna be fun but yeah I've been to VR bars I'm uh, VR and virtual all that stuff I'm all in on that yeah, that's awesome. And and the reason why I say it is because, um, I mean, I think depending on like, uh, like, I don't know, depending on like how you're living, uh, some people are, are still um, kind of quarantined, some kind of like modified sure. lifestyle. Um, the reason why I say that is because there are so many um, apps for breathing exercises and meditation that a lot of people who are turned off by meditation just naturally or, or, or breathing exercises that can literally restructure the way that your brain works at like a hardware and a software level. I think VR is being used. Like I, like there's this app I use, it's called trip <laughs> T R I P P. <laughs> okay. And it's like literally like this, like, like it's like this, like weird, like mind game meditation, breathing exercises. That's like guided by AI that like literally will put you in a calmer or a more energetic state and so I think like the ability to use meditation and to use breath, wherever that fits into your lifestyle, realistically speaking, whether that's VR, whether that's doing it for five minutes, 
doing that to change your mental state has been one of the biggest things because it's like once you learn that, then it's like, you know, right before a sales call or right before I need to like, you know, have a hard conversation with someone, it's almost like you can get your brain ready to do that. And then your mind will follow, you know? And so I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. And so to reiterate yoga, some kind of physical relaxation, yep. get, make sure you get your vitamin D and then find a way for you to meditate or do breathing exercises on a regular basis, whether that's something basic like meditating or like getting into VR and using technology to help you. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff here. I want to go. I want to go back to the hardware software. I've never heard of it explained that way. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that. What are some other ways that you can be building that hardware and, and yeah. improving that? Because that's that's the brain that you talked about. So I, I'm curious, like, what, what can we be doing here? Yeah, man. So this is so I learned this because I literally spent every single day of my life literally trying as hard as I could, trying as hard as I could to focus, to be a nice person, to be patient, to yep. hustle. For sure. And and I literally couldn't do it. And it's not because I wasn't motivated enough. It's not because I had excuses. It's literally because my brain didn't let me. And a lot of people won't necessarily believe that. But basically what we found is that if your brain is like heavily inflamed and it could be inflamed due to a wide variety of reasons. One, you're not taking care of your body. That's like one of the biggest reasons and how you take care of your body. There's a few different modalities. Like, are you sleeping enough? Uh, are you um, not consuming a ton of junk food and alcohol and drugs? Uh, are you making sure that you're feeding your brain properly? Are you, um, you know, making sure that you drink enough water um, and so I talk about this because I feel like there's so many people, especially now in the world, where if you look at like like the state of America, there's 100 million Americans who have some sort of a chronic illness. And basically, this is when your body doesn't work well. And there's a wide variety of factors. But I genuinely believe like there's a lot of people who aren't able to be themselves. And it's not because yeah. it's not because they don't want to be. It's not because they're not motivated. It's literally because their brain is not working properly, the hardware and so the best analogy that I've used to come up with this is like, imagine, imagine, you know, you got, you got an iPhone and uh, an Apple. Not an Android. <laughs> Not an Android. <laughs> Shout out to all those Android <laughs> listeners. Uh, see you guys later. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. I mean, I don't even know. I, I stopped talking to people who have Android. So but, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's a side note on this, right? I feel like when you get a text and it's green, you're automatically sus of that person. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can trust you. Especially when they switch. <laughs> Especially when they switch. They go from blue and they go from green. It's like, what oh, do you do? That's even worse. What that's happens? What happens? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the thing is this. This is the analogy, right? So imagine Apple gives you the best version of iOS. They give you yep. like iOS 17 or whatever they're on. But imagine you're trying to install that on like the original iPhone that like Steve Jobs premiered that's like super clunky, super outdated. And so I genuinely believe there's a ton of people out there who, whether they're doing this in the form of like reading books, listening to podcasts, although all that stuff is great, yep. but it's almost as if like they, they're running on this iPhone and, and like a button pops up and it's like, do you want to update? And they're just like, they're just like hitting update, update, update. And they think the problem is with the software, but they never check the iPhone and the hardware and how old it is. 
And so, so many of us, like we're, we're trained in our society to like, you know, wanna, wanna, you know, in terms of like our body, like, you know, everyone's all about like, you know, whatever it is, like big butts, big boobs. No one talks about a big brain though. No, no, they don't. Nobody, nobody, (laughs) nobody cares about your brain. You know what I mean? It's all about what we can see from the outside. And so, um, a great question that you can ask yourself is like, before you make a decision, ask yourself, is what I'm about to do, is it good for my brain? And there's like some kind of education that needs to go into this. And so like the, the basic layers that I would look at this is from food. I think nutrition is, is the biggest thing that either puts your brain under inflammation or helps it up. And, um, and I think a lot of the times like um, nutrition and diet, it's kind of like swept under the rug within the same category of like exercise. Everyone's like, yeah, eat, eat your fruits, vegetables, whatever, go to the gym, exercise, move. And I think that's fine. But, um, but, but like when you look at like the science and I wrote this, um, I wrote this book called screw being shy. And in there, like I quote over like a hundred different kinds of studies. And I can honestly tell you the biggest reason why people today have anxiety um, are depressed is because people have been led to thinking that you can just eat anything as long as you don't eat too much or you don't eat too many calories and you yeah. get fat. Nobody understands that the food that you put, literally your body is breaking that down and it's sending instructions to your cells. And you know there are so many different studies that I can show that have shown that um, psychological distress and anxiety and depression is heavily correlated with a diet filled with junk food. And I mean, like if you're the average person in America, you probably don't know much about food and you're probably just like, oh, I just eat whatever because it's quick and you don't really think about it that much. But if you start looking at that, I guarantee you, your brain is going to be operating at, at such a higher level. And so that's like a very basic thing that people can start to look at. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned so many great things there that I want to dive deeper into, especially you talked about a bigger brain, right? Like, like, And no one ever talks about that. Like, you're right. I remember I would go to the library in elementary and middle school and accelerated reading. I don't know if you had this when yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't so, in it, but yeah. <laughs> so I it was it was the one thing that I was really great at was reading books and retaining it and then taking tests. So I ended up having like thousands of points every single time. And I was just the kid in the library reading books and everyone was like, Why, who's this loser over there? But I was like, I enjoy because I was learning, right? My brain was growing. And so it's just something not talked about a lot. And I think what we I want to touch on now is you mentioned the foods, right? So what foods should you and we're, this kind of goes into nutrition here, right? But what food should you be eating to increase your brain power, right? So our hardware is strong here. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, and you know I I have this thing. It's uh, there's some quote out there. It's like the the losers of of like yesterday are the winners of today. Maybe not yesterday, but but I think a lot of yeah, them, maybe, absolutely. Maybe that's how it works. Um, so, <laughs> something so, like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something that I just heard. But um, no, the biggest thing that I would say is like, you know, I'm not a fan of like of like all like these diets that are coming out. They're like, oh, you, you have to go vegan or you have to do this. I, I don't think there's such thing as universal healthy diet. I think a lot of it depends on like who you are, your culture, what you grew up with. The biggest thing that I would say though is that um, 
like I had this rule and it's basically like, if God didn't make it, I'm not going to eat it. And so basically it's like, if, if it's not like a whole ingredient, if it's not like something that grew in the ground or something that's been walking around the ground and it's been made by some uh, factory, it's been made by, um, you know, a, a lot of, um, uh, a lot of marketers and food scientists that are paid yep. very well to create yep. a product that has the highest sort of profit margin with no regard to like the quality of its ingredients. That's the stuff that I would stay away from. And so at a very basic level, like what I recommend is if you're like about to buy something at the grocery store and it's like in a box or a bag and you turn it around and you look at the ingredients list, and if it's like some massive list or if there's things in there that you don't recognize, like sodium blue six, it's not because like you're not smart enough. It's just because like that is an artificial chemical that may have various ramifications in your body. And the best way to describe this is like, you know, like a peanut allergy. Yep. So it's like this. The best way I can describe it is this. Some people, if they eat peanuts, they you know, have a little rash, right? Some other people, when they eat peanuts, their throat swells up and they die, right? I want to say this. There is no universal diet, but a lot of these artificial chemicals have just been introduced to our diet for the first time throughout thousands of years of evolution in the last like 50 years, in the last 100 years. And basically a chemical it can affect your body in the same way like that peanut allergy, but it's not necessarily all about like a skin rash. For example, you could eat something and it could literally make you more anxious or it could literally make, for example, um, you know, your throat inflamed, which then triggers your sinuses, which then gives you like that sore throat that you've always had your entire life. And so like that, that's the ramifications. And so it's so wide ranging that there is no universal answer, but most of us are at some level either sensitive or allergic to a lot of these artificial things. And so like literally just trying to stick to like just natural things, like stuff, stuff that's, that's natural. And the thing is too, is that there's a lot of companies these days who are, um, you know, adapting to the market and they're seeing what consumers want and they're changing their products. Like, for example, like I used to be addicted to ice cream, but now I don't really, I don't really eat that stuff. <laughs> were, However, you, were you the kid running out to the ice cream truck? Like, mom, I need, I need an ice cream. <laughs> Dude, I, no, no, man. I was, I was the kid, I was the kid who would buy like three pints of ice cream and then would eat a pint like in a single sitting. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. But also yeah, dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. And I was like, I would like, I would like throw up and I would feel like crap and I would never, I would never connect it. Yep. Um, but, um, but dude, like, for example, like there's a, there's an ice cream, it's called keto ice cream. That's what the name of the company is. And they create this ice cream. That's totally natural, has no sugar, literally tastes the same exact thing, has a natural sweetener. Um, there's so many companies out there like this. And so at the end of the day, it's just like, yo, if you're given, if you're given like a Ferrari, if you're given a Lamborghini and every day, instead of putting like a super ultra premium gas in it, you're putting like oreos and orange juice and then the car sucks it's not because of the car and i i genuinely feel like so many people when they perform poorly or when they can't focus they're like oh man i i freaking suck i can't do this i guess i'm just a loser when in reality it's like if you take a step back 
there's layers to this. There's, there's, your, there's your software and there's hardware. And I think a lot of us unknowingly have issues in our hardware because we just weren't taught this stuff. And we're sort of like shaming ourselves unconsciously, which then hurts our mindset, which then hurts our software. And then, and then what would we do when we're upset? We eat more junk food or we drink more alcohol or we do more whatever. And so a lot of us are just like in this cycle of like really, I think, just abusing ourselves. But if you take a step back and you're like, hey, what can I do like for my brain? And you focus on these things. The more you do these habits, the easier that it will get. Like now, I'm not even I'm not even like uh, like for me now when it comes to eating healthy. For me, like there's no, there's no like temptation. It's a, non, it's a non-negotiable. You it's have a to non-negotiable. Yeah. And then there's fun ways to do it too. And, and, and the best part about it, man, is like, uh, like fun fact, when I stopped eating a lot of these artificial chemicals that like are in all of our foods, yep. I could taste food better. My taste buds mm. turn on and it's actually a thing. And it, it turns out it's like, when you eat a lot of these things, your taste yep. gets desensitized to it. And so a lot of people will say like, oh, if you eat healthy, you know, how can you enjoy food that must be so miserable? When in reality, it's like, no, if you can like reverse some of this hardware, then food actually tastes better. You actually enjoy it. You, you have energy. You're not tired all the time. Your brain is functioning properly. And the last thing that I'll say, man, is that when you look at a lot of like mental health and these brain diseases that come, like things like Alzheimer's, things that we imagine that adults or people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, later in their lives get. Yep. It turns out a lot of these things are started off based on your lifestyle choices in your 20s. Wow. And so when you look at it like that, it's like, you know, it's like, I'm like, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you should do whatever you want because you're young. Well, it's like, dude, I want to do, first off, like I want to do whatever I want to do and whatever I can do to improve my life, to, to sort of make my, my life better, my brain better, the people around me better, my company better. And so I know that starts inside out. And so it's up to me to make these choices. And again, like ask myself, is what I'm about to do? Like, is this good for my brain or is it not? I'm, I mean, I absolutely love this because you're, you're tying a lot of stuff here, right? You said the hardware, the software, a car, right? You don't go to the gas station and get the lowest rate of gas because you know that your car is not going to go very far, right? Like it's just not going to happen, right? You can't stick things into your phone and the new iPhone that you have and be like, oh, let me play around with it. Like it's not going to work. So you mentioned something here that is interesting because a lot of people, when they think healthy foods, they think boring. They're like, oh, Mark, you're telling me to eat broccoli, right? You're telling me to eat asparagus, right? Right. But, but like, but like, this is what people are thinking right now. They're like, I don't want to do that. But you said making it fun. How do you make this fun? Yeah, dude, this is what you do, man. So, so this is going to depend on your lifestyle, right? And so for some people, they have no time to spend in terms of prepping food. And that's usually why they eat junk food in the first place. It's not because they want to, it's because it's just the simplest, easiest thing they can grab. And then, you know, hop on a, hop on a sales call or whatever it is. Um, however, there's some other people who are interested in this space. And like, for me personally, like I, I kind of fell in love with like cooking because for me, like I discovered the stuff when I was in college and it was the time like where I had moved in and I had like my own kitchen for the first time. And I was like, you know what? I want to control what I'm putting into my body. And so I read this book by um, by Tim Ferriss called Four Hour Chef, 
which most people don't know. He, people know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, far chef. <laughs> <laughs> that book, man, totally changed my life because it not only teaches you how to cook, but it also teaches you that food and cooking is actually a meta skill that will teach you how to do everything for the rest of your life. Tim Ferriss, he really did add that himself um, with this one. But anything, anyway, for me, cooking and when I make my food, it's really like a meditation. It's really like this time where I like, I play some music, I step in my kitchen, sometimes I invite people over and I just like have a blast and and I'm focused, I'm mindful of like what I'm doing. Um, You know, I've got like the oven on, and like the biggest thing, man, is, is this, like, I, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of like eating the same thing again and again. What I think it's about, man, is like, you have to find like one healthy food. Like if you've never eaten healthy before in your life, find one healthy food that you love. Right. And so a lot of people, when they start doing this, they're like, all right, I'm going to eat celery and carrots for the rest of my life. Well, it's like, I, I I'm just going to be a rabbit. (laughs) Exactly. And they like force themselves into like doing these extremes. And then eventually they break and they're like, I can't do this. And then they go, you know, eat pizza. So what I'll say is like find one healthy food. So for me, I love eating eggs. And so for me, I focused on eggs and I would like make all kinds of omelets. I'd make scrambled eggs. I'd make all kinds of eggs. And then I found a second healthy food that I love. For me, that was avocados. I love, love, love eating avocados. Um, and then the third food for me was steak. And this, this may be a little bit controversial. Some people will say it's healthy. Some people will say it's not. I don't really agree with that. I, again, I don't think there's anything, uh, such thing as universal healthy diet, but, um, but I think as long as like you're getting a high quality source of meat, I think it's, it's fine for you. And, and, and there's a lot of studies that actually say for some people, animal products like red meat actually help in terms of mental health, things like depression, anxiety, especially for women specifically. Um, and so, and so for me, that was it. I was like, I'm going to eat a lot of eggs. I'm going to eat avocados. I'm going to eat steak. And so I would just focus on those. And then, and then what I would do is just add more foods that can help you like over time. You know what I mean? So maybe it's like you like once a month, maybe you're not that fan of, maybe you're not that, maybe like, let's say you're not a big fan of a salad, but you're a big fan of steak. What if you make steak salad? So like the salad, it's okay to eat. It's good for you. But then you look forward to like the steak. Um, and, and then, so what I would say is like, if you can at least shoot for like most of the meals that you are in control of to be healthy, like during the weekday. And again, if you've never done this, this may seem like a complete stretch, but then like on, on the weekends, for example, like letting yourself eat whatever you want to me, it's like what, everyone's psychology works different, especially with food. Food is such a, an intimate topic because it's so emotional. So many of us have sort of like developed uh, coping mechanisms for our stress with yeah. food. You know what I mean? Like, especially for me, like my parents told me, Mark, you know, don't do drugs, don't do alcohol. And so I never really did that stuff. But for me, my escape outlet was, was food. And, and, you know, it led me to like being obese once upon a time in my life. Um, and so for me, it's like, do whatever you got to do to make this like a lifelong habit. Like don't make this like a 30 day challenge. Don't make this like, you know, every once in a while or like what you post on Instagram, whatever you can do to like, look at this from the long term of like, Hey, a lot of successful people, they're very mindful of what they put in their bodies because it literally recreates your brain cells. It literally recreates all of your organs. And so if you can think about that and just be like, I need to take care of my health, whether I'm 20 or whether I'm 50 or whether I'm 60, 
because this is really like something that's never going to leave me. And so for me, it's all about long-term. I'm not about these short-term habits and, and these challenges. However, I will say some people work better with challenges. Some people it's easier to get them going if they start off with like a 30 day challenge. And so again, it's dependent on your psychology, but just trying to find like ways to make this as realistically as possible for you. And, and like in my book, for example, I talk about like, Hey, if you, if you, for example, like wake up every morning and you, um, I was going to say muffins. I was going to take some. Hey, hey, muffins. <laughs> but dude, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you this, right? So I think generally speaking, muffins, like the average muffin that you'll buy at a grocery store, definitely not what I would call healthy. However, there's also a lot of muffins out there that are healthy that either you can bake or they sell them in certain stores. And so what I would say, man, is like, if you can search for like these substitutes, it's like, hey, I really love eating, you know, cereal and milk most cereal it's like you know frosted sugar with sugar on sugar not that good for you there's a there's a company out there called magic spoon there's another company out there called cereal school where they make these healthy cereals and um i mean as long as you're not lactose intolerant you should be fine on the milk part um and so it's like looking for these for these substitutes for these foods that you already love and a lot of these in the market like they they don't taste terrible it's not like I'm not telling you to eat like some tofu, like crap that tastes disgusting. <laughs> That's probably even worse for you than just eating meat. Right, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but, you know, I think looking for substitutes, looking for like realistic ways, looking for foods that you love and just focusing on those. And, and then what I would say too is like, in terms of like junk food, don't even worry about taking that out of your diet. There's a lot of people who will hear this and they'll say like, all right, I'm never going to eat junk food again. And then what happens is most of their diet is actually a junk food diet. So then they end up like starving themselves, which then basically makes them hungry. And then they get hungry, they get angry, they get irritable, and then they eat junk food again. And so the biggest thing that I would say uh, is just like be realistic, be realistic about it. And, And it's much, much easier to start giving yourself the right foods, the right healthy foods that will grow your brain. Because once you do, your brain is not going to be that malnutrition. Your brain is not going to be that inflamed. And it's going to make it easier for you to eventually at one point, if you decide to do so, cut out the junk food. But if you are just like eating a standard American diet and you try to cut out all the junk food at once, dude, you're literally going to go through like physical withdrawal sometimes. I know I did. Like it, it, it's, it's stages. It yeah. took me a while to like first kick sugar. And then after I cook sugar, then I kicked out these other things too. And so it's, it's, a, it's a real intimate process, to be honest with you, man. Um, but I think for me, it's like the more you focus on this, the earlier, the more this is going to be built into a lifelong habit. And that's going to help you with your, your healthcare. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you're going to, if you don't do this, you're going to get, you're going to get some kind of a chronic illness. You're going to be spending money on insurance. Like there's so many different ways to look at it. And like your kids, like there's so many different ways. So it's like all about long-term for you. And, and I mean, just ask someone who, who is rich and has like really bad health and, and like, they'll even tell you like, you know, if you got millions of dollars and you, you're like on a private Island and you're with like, you know, like a super hot girl or something or something like that. And then you have like a sore throat, or, 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 or there's something going wrong with you. Yes, the long-term impact. You. you know what I mean? And so You're done. Like, that's what I look at, man. That's what I look at. So for me, I'm like, I'm looking for overall happiness. And I can confidently tell you, like, out of all the science, all the super smart people, way smarter people I've had on my podcast, food is a foundation that – 
um, is, is so important to talk about. And I don't think most of most of us are, are, are educated. It's a lot better in other countries, but here in America, it's brutal. It's brutal, man. There's a lot of people who don't know about this and and it's impacting their lives a lot. Yeah, I mean, these breakdowns are incredible. You know, what I'm hearing for everyone is, is a recap. You know, first and foremost, find something healthy that you can start doing right after you listen to this podcast, whether it's blueberries, carrots, salad, celery. We, we know we named a couple here, right, that you could start doing and start incorporating it in your meals. And also what I really like that you said is treating cooking as a meditation. I like that because I absolutely despise cooking because I'm not patient. <laughs> and so, and so, and so like, it doesn't work for me. But now that you saw, now that you said cooking is a meditation, it makes me look at it differently. And it's going to make me be like, all right, like it's time for me to start learning some stuff and, and treat it that way. Like turn on some music and be like, all right, this is my, this is my space. And I think I'll see it differently. Dude, for sure, man. And, and, and what I would say too, is like, just focus on like, fo like, again, like just focus on like a simple thing. Like you don't have to go like some, like, you know, like Gordon Ramsay, like just focus on thing <laughs> that, <Yeah. laughs> that you genuinely, that like you genuinely enjoy eating. And it's simple enough for you to sort of like focus, make it and then eat it. And like, what happens, man, is like, when you do this and then you eat your food, you understand you're like, Oh my God. Like, it's kind of weird, but it's like, like it, at some level, like at some, like, you get it, you get it. Yeah, you get it, man. It's like some like ancestral biological stuff that we've got built in our brains from the times that we were like cooking fruit and like burning things in fire to eat them. It, it almost like satisfies like that mental yeah. like, checkbox. And so, and then, and then did you, you get like, like your girlfriend in there, you make it like a whole like day night. It's awesome, man. It's a lot of fun. Well, so no. So, so this is something now I have a question on based on relationships that you have. If the relation, if a, someone that you are dating, right. If they're not into this, do you cut them off or do you say, Hey, like, this is a suggestion. Yeah. In terms of healthy eating, like, because it's really big for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. So, I mean, I'm grateful that my girlfriend, she's, she's like her mom taught her this stuff when she was younger. Oh, that's and awesome. I mean, she comes from, per yeah. And she comes from Peru and dude, what I found is like a lot of times if you're like just outside of America, you're from some country, a lot of this stuff is just baked into a lot of other cultures. Like they teach them them stuff from the get go. Um, and so, I mean, for me personally, I would definitely say it's definitely a big factor. And what I would say too, is like, I don't necessarily want to, um, you know, like change anybody per se, but yeah. if I was in a relationship with someone who like never ate healthy and I began to like, like, I don't know, I would tell them like, Hey, here's why I eat healthy. Here's why I do it. And honestly, if they were not receptive of even like learning or even trying, I probably wouldn't date them because I think like that that's going to connect to other issues. And I think like the reality is, is that um, like if someone is not willing to, to look at that uh, first off, they have to be like properly educated. Like I never did this because I just never knew uh, yeah. until I got educated about it. Um, and so for me, it's definitely a deal breaker. <laughs> because no, no. I, I think I it's think like a meta fair. habit, man. It's a meta skill, dude. I think it relates to so much. And so it's like, if you don't take care of your health, then, you know, what do you, and you know, you should take care of your health. Then what do you, like really focusing on what are you focusing your health on? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, again, it's okay.
to not eat healthy every time. Like that's human. You can't do that, of course. Um, but I think just like being open about it, learning about it is so important. And it's like, you know, we talk about emotional health, right? Like we talk about, um, you know, you shouldn't get angry. You shouldn't like, like, you know, you shouldn't like scream at someone. You shouldn't break yeah. down in tears in front of someone. So like to me, it's like emotional health. And then there's like physical health. All of these are, are sort of like important because ultimately it creates the reality that you live in. It literally creates your, your perspective in which the lens you see the world. And so a lot of these things are biological, psychological, emotional, mental. And so I know that food has a big part of it. And so if someone wasn't even receptive, I'd be like, you're probably not going to be open-minded to like the other things that I'm also interested about that make me like a nerd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and, I, and that's critical for everyone listening in is that your relationship is going to be predicated on how successful you are in your career. And I remember watching a video with Patrick Beck, David, and he talked about this. Like if you don't have the right relationship, then it's going to affect you. Because that person, you have to understand what their values are. And if it does not align with you and where you're trying to go, the person might bring you bring you down. And like, I'm, I, that's why I asked you that question, because you know, hey, look, this is important to me. If, they, if they're not about it, then there's going to be a conflict in the future and it's going to affect everything I'm doing, which then you don't want. No one wants. Yeah, man, and and uh, and I, I love Patrick by the way, and I've uh, I've had him on my podcast. We we did a great um, he's great a G. Episode. Um, yeah, he is a G. He's super. I love the way that he thinks about things. Um, you know, man, one of the biggest things that I've learned is like, um, you know, this person I'm dating now. Before her, I have never dated a girl who was in line with my values, and maybe that's because I wasn't in line with my values, um, and and like who I was. But honestly, man, after talking to like so many of my friends who are so much more successful than me, so many of them, like almost all of them have told me, Mark, success, especially for you, is going to come easy. Um, you, like you got this. That The hardest part of being an entrepreneur is your relationships. And they all told me like, make sure you have someone where you guys can grow together. And yep. you guys are maybe not similar. In fact, you should have some differences but at least like out of value structure, there should be a lot of similarities there because ultimately like, you know, for me, um, I'm all about, you know, trying to create like a future with someone. I'm all about creating a foundation. And if you are like building a house and that house is built on, you know, I don't know, like sand, <laughs> sand, sand uh, you know, just like hooking up, no quality time. Um, just sort of doing these things that can serve as like an initial attraction that can often get people um, stuck, but not actually looking at the big picture and being like, hey, yo, if we build our house like this, it's on sand, we're not going to get that far, you know? And so that's the biggest thing for me that I've learned. And then also the fact that it's like being an entrepreneur, um, you know, I think it's, it's lonely. I don't think it's literally lonely because I just think that means you don't have a team, but it's very emotionally lonely. I think. Yes. And, and I think like for me, like as an introvert, um, I definitely have trouble like kind of letting people in. And so for me, like my relationship has been a great reminder of that, of someone who can very much like emotionally support me and be there on my journey. Um, and so for me, that's like a massive thing that, you know, I'm super grateful 
um, that my girlfriend kind of, uh, embodies that and understands that because I mean, dude, success is great and everything, but success is way better when you're, when you're able to share it, when you're able to like step outside of yourself. And I, and emotionally speaking, I think that directly comes from like being in an intimate relationship with someone, which literally so many entrepreneurs, you know, struggle with, you know, my, myself included. Um, but I got pretty lucky, I guess so far. It's it, and and the same thing with my girlfriend. It's about building a partnership. You know, if you're able to build a partnership together, you're gonna grow together, and you're gonna be able to have communication and move forward in the right direction, which is really key. And it kind of goes back to to number three that you mentioned. You were saying, "Hey, meditation," and you talked about VR. So, and also it goes back to actually point one, right? You talked about how you need to like have relieve yourself of stress. So. My question here is when you're doing meditation in VR, is that by yourself? Is your girlfriend involved? Are your friends involved? Like what, what happens there? <laughs> That's so funny. So you can meditate with other people in VR. Um, to me, I, I, um, it's one of those things where it's like the whole point of meditation is for you to basically close your eyes and do nothing. Um, and so a lot, a lot, a lot of people, that's like literally the hardest thing, especially. It's so hard for me. It's so hard. Yeah. For me. Yeah, man. Like it, it, it's, it's crazy. And so like the VR is basically supposed to be used as like a runway platform where it's like, if you're someone that requires a lot of, you know, heavy stimulation, use the VR and it, it's like, it like literally walks. It's, it's like you're tripping balls. Like that's literally what it is. Like, so, <laughs> yes, so stimulating. Yes. And your mind is literally like, what is happening? And then it takes you into a meditation and then you close your eyes and then basically theoretically, it may be a little bit easier. Um, but dude, I think at a most basic level, like meditation is the biggest thing that basically is the difference between um, someone in someone listening to this podcast. And while they're listening to it, they get all these thoughts, they get all these emotions naturally that come up. It's the biggest difference between people who, just like by listening, get all these thoughts, emotions stirred up and the people who actually act on their thoughts and emotions. And the reason why is because meditation, in my opinion, is one of the very few tools in life that helps you integrate your emotional life, your mental life, also with physical reality. And so um, to, to, to try to like break this down, this is the way yeah. I think about it. So let's go back to the iPhone. And so imagine we're all iPhones, right? And, you know, we got a, we got a little plug here and we're going to charge our iPhone and we take it, we shove it in the wall socket. Okay. Yep. That wall socket, that wall, this is the world and we are the iPhone and that connection is our thoughts and feelings. And so basically what I'm talking about is basically scientists have figured out that in the first 10 years of our lives, our brain is setting the foundation for our neurological hardware, for our psychology. And basically what they found out is that a lot of that is based off patterns. And so uh, a very simple pattern is like, you know, let's say, uh, you know, you, you know, your parents, when you're a kid, they're like, hey, hey, Mark, make sure you do really, really, really good at school. And so you, you know, do really good at school. And then your parents, you know, they, they, they like do like some mega congrats, some big celebration. They, it feels like they, they're loving you more than they already have. And so as a young kid, we unconsciously make these connections yeah. of like, when I get good grades at school, that means that my parents love me and I, and I feel love. 
And so a lot of people have this too, for like, for example, for food, right? Like I had this like, Hey Mark, whenever you're stressed, go to, you know, go to the drive through and, you know, get some dessert and, and, you know, munch out. Um, and so basically we're doing this all throughout our lives. You know, the, the wall, it's sending us these messages and yep. over time, these connections exist, whether that's true or not. And so what I mean is, let's say, for example, like, uh, you know, let's say, for example, like we are, we're stressed, but then we still go to those cookies. We still go to that food as a coping mechanism to get them unstressed. And so this is happening all the time. And so literally the only time in your life where you disconnect from the external environment, where you take that plug out of the socket for the first time is through meditation. And there's a lot of people that will say like, Hey, when I run or when I go for a walk, that's, that's like my version of meditation. And that, and that's great. And like, you know, at the end of the day, people should do whatever works best for them. But when you sit down and you close your eyes and you're focusing on nothing, but your breath, you're focusing on nothing on the present moment. And the reason why people focus on the breath is because it is the only thing that exists in the present moment. So if you're sitting down meditating and you get a thought and you start thinking about that thought, you're already in the past. You're already in like some memory, something that already happened to you. Yeah. You're not in that moment. You're not in that moment. You're not in that moment. And you know, our brains on average science estimates that our brains get 60,000 thoughts a day. And so, you know, like for example, Will Smith, he says that, um, like he, Will Smith has talked about this and he says like, imagine like an actor in like a movie script, right? And like a, a movie, an actor is handed an entire movie script and they know like, oh, hey, in here say this and here say this. Well, that's basically our brain, but with 60,000 thoughts. And so most of our internal dialogue, our brain has already figured it out and it's actually controlling our lives, whether we know it or not. And so when we sit down and we close our eyes and we meditate and we disconnect from our external environment for the first time, we finally give our brain the space to then create new connections of thought, of emotions. And so, so many uh, entrepreneurs, so many high performers haven't progressed that far in their life because they're always moving. They're always moving. They don't know how to yep. slow down. They don't know how to shut down. And meditation is like the most pure example of that. And like, you know, for example, like I remember before COVID hit, I remember interviewing um, uh, Jay Shetty in New York City. And he told me something and he said, whenever I feel like I can't get farther in my life on the outside, yeah. it means I got to go on the inside and go deeper within myself. And, and, and I think okay. meditation, yeah, and I think meditation is, is, is like single-handedly the, the biggest thing that will help you literally rewire your brain and and like you know meditation like 10 years ago used to be like super woo woo but then now so many different institutions from john hopkins to harvard have literally like scientifically validated what you know buddhist monks have been doing for thousands of years and so it's super interesting man and, and it's good that like uh you know capitalism is now like being able to sell meditation to people who were never introduced to it as like this high performance tool, because it's like, yo, LeBron meditates, Oprah meditates, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kobe, you know, uh, peace be with him. He meditates every day. 
Yeah, and I, I remember like before I meditate, I remember I, I, was, I was like, dude, Kobe meditates before every single one of his games. Like maybe it's not like some hippie thing. Like maybe I got to be doing this. And so um, it, it's one of the biggest things. However, it's, extre- it's extremely difficult. Um, so many people think that when they meditate, it's supposed to be like some um and they're like floating in the you're like floating in the air <laughs> yeah. you're like yeah calm you're like you're yep. transcending dude meditation is literally the hardest thing that i do every day it's like literally going to the gym but for your brain like, it is genuinely so hard it's easier on sundays it's harder than some days so like for example like today i meditated no problem and that's because like the day before I forgot to meditate and I could like already tell that my mind started to, you know, again, I don't need to meditate like every single day. It's not like a, like an addiction, but I think it's like a good addiction. So, um, once you do that, man, it'll lead you to so much self-awareness. Uh, and like just the fact of sitting by yourself, disconnecting from your external environment, which we're literally in 24 seven, even when we're asleep, and just trying to be in the present moment and then just like seeing like literally like a mental war happen like in your brain. Yeah. Like literally like your brain is going to try to convince you to so be like, yo, yo, Morgan, yo, 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 you forgot to write that. You forgot to write down that thing on your to-do list. Yo, you didn't text this person. Yo, you should, you know, open your eyes for like five seconds. Do-. Like your brain is literally going to hit you with every single excuse that it knows you are specifically weak to because your brain is the best thing that knows you even better than yourself. And so it's almost like our brains have a superior form of self-awareness. And it's almost like when we meditate, we catch up to that level of self-awareness that our brain has just by giving ourselves the space in our day to basically see how crazy we are. And, And like, for me, the biggest value add for meditation is when I sit down and I see how crazy I am and I see all these thoughts and I see like my brain trying to pull me and like, it gives me all these stories. And then I'm just like, Hey, yo, Mark, that's a great thought and everything, but I'm just going to bring it back to my breath. And I'll think about that later when I do that. And then I'm, you know, for example, like, you know, it's like four fifty-five. I have like a sales call at five o'clock. And then all of a sudden I start my brain, my brain starts to like freak out. I start to get all these different thoughts. I'm able to recognize the pattern. I'm able to be like, oh no, those starts, those thoughts aren't actually real mm-hmm. that tell me I'm not going to do well because I've already seen this in the morning. And I know that my brain is just trying to hit me with the, with those 65,000 thoughts a day to talk me out of whatever I want to do that may be a little bit discomf- discomforting that I don't like have to do or like or else I'll die. And so I don't know if that made sense, but like, that's been like the biggest value add that you literally see that. And then you're like, oh, it's the same thing. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll run it back for everyone from listening. Cause I'm definitely following you. Like the biggest thing is that what meditation allows you to do is slow down your life. And so, and I'll break that down for you guys is because we, every single time we go, we come out the house, we get caught up in the world. Right. Obviously now we're at home. But what happens is as soon as you open up your email, you're in the world now and you're not taking that moment to have the self-awareness. So when you were brushing your teeth or flossing, whatever, you had those thoughts, but then they immediately go away as soon as you start answering your text. Right. Checking Instagram. Right. Going on Twitter. And then whatever you were thinking goes away. So in order to do that and really focus is to meditate, get deeper, have a the visual of like, oh, OK, like. Now I see a clearer picture because it's always going to be muddy waters if you don't do that. So I guess my question to you here is because because I suck at it. 
I'm absolutely awful. The only way I can actually meditate is when I go to the floating tank. That's the only time I can do it. Although they're amazing. They're amazing. I find that so challenging, dude. For me, it's so I love it because it's like, there's no way out. Like I got to do it right with, with meditating. I'm like, this is stupid. I'll just go and do whatever. Right. So what would be your suggestion for people that want to get into it? Four minutes, three minutes start. Like what should they do? So, so here's what I would say, man. So I want to, I want to address something you said. I meditation, it not, the point of it necessarily is not necessarily to slow you down, but it's to slow you down to speed you up. Okay. Okay. No, yeah. That I would think about is like, you know, um, a friend of mine, her name is Emily Fletcher. She has this quote and she says, the point of meditation is to not get better at meditation, but it's to get better at life. Mm. And so when you look at it from the perspective of like, when you meditate, you, you shouldn't be like grading yourself on how well you're doing. Because literally how much you challenge, that is literally the entire point. And the reason why is because when we go to the gym, for example, and, you know, we're, you know, doing some bicep curl of like 40 pounds or something, and we have the dumbbell in our hand, our brain can physically see, hey, I'm taking this weight and I'm facing it against this resistance and I'm putting it back down. That's a rep. That's another one. That's another one. With, with, in terms of mindset, with terms of our brain, you can't necessarily see that. It's not that clear. Right. And so one of the best ways to to like, think about this is like, you can't grade it from the perspective of like, Hey, let me do 10 sets because it's, it's, it's in terms of your brain, it's your psychology. And that's, unless you have a very, very high level of self-awareness, it's very hard to even understand what that is. So most people, when they go to meditate, they go with the mindset of, I'm going to try to meditate and do it, you know, like I'm going to try to like meditate and do it what I think is like the right way or try to perfect it or like grade themselves when they meditate. That's me. When in reality, <laughs> when in reality, that is actually the biggest impediment. And so like if you okay. approach it and you're like, hey, I'm going to like set three minutes on my timer, five minutes on my timer and like whatever happens, happens, whether I open my eyes and I don't even meditate, but like create some golden rule where you're like, you set a timer and you do it no matter what, even if you don't meditate, but just give yourself that space, give yourself the space to, um, you know, meditate for, for three minutes. And, uh, like, for example, like, um, uh, Jesse Itzler, he, uh, like the, owner, uh, he, uh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The owner of the Seahawks. I mean, I, did he speak? It to no. You? no, he didn't. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a, uh, owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Oh yeah, Atlanta yeah. Hawks. Yep. Um, and, and he does a ton of awesome things. And he talks about the first time he meditated. And this guy, you know, super successful, super rich. And he says that he closed his eyes to meditate for like 20 minutes for the first time. And he literally closes his eyes. And to him, it feels like he's been meditating for an hour. He opens his 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 eyes. 45 seconds passed on his phone. And so if you've never meditated before, one minute may be good. But what I would say is set a, set a time, whether that's five minutes. I think, I think like, if you really want to challenge yourself, I think like 10 minutes, 15 minutes is good, but work yourself up to that, but literally set a time, set it on your phone. And even if like you're facing so much resistance and you don't want to meditate, just open your eyes, but just sit there and just think about things. And, um, and, and if you do that and you look at it from the lens of, I'm going to do this not to get better at meditation because that's not the point of meditating. I'm going to do this to get better at life. Then you'll go really far. And the second thing I want to say is 
I loved your point about, you know, we get all these thoughts when we're brushing our teeth and when we're doing nothing, but then we open Instagram, we open Twitter, and then we're, we're on the, we're in the external world. Our thoughts are gone. Dude, what I will tell you, man, is that, um, I, I, so for example, I love, I love like consuming content. I think it's great. It's awesome, but it's right place, right time. And what I've learned, man, is that whether this is, whether like we we're trying to have a hard conversations with ourselves, like in our personal life, or whether it's, it's like a major idea for maybe like our business or for our career, dude, so many people right now are losing all of their thoughts because we happen to like have the most like entertaining, like little rectangle in all of our pockets. And, and, <laughs> and like when you, when you recognize that, and, and I talked to a lot of people, man, like, if we are going to live in a society where we're all going to be on technology 24 seven, which is literally like when you're on social media, you're not in the present moment. I mean, maybe you are, but you're in the external world present moment and that's great. And we can hustle and that's awesome. But when you're living in that lifestyle, dude, your brain is not meant to do that. And so I almost look at like meditation is honestly like a, like a hard requirement for the 21st century. Like if you're going to be on your phone all the time and your attention muscle, is like being shortened, meditate, meditate. It is going to like help reverse those. And so whether that's one minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, setting a timer. I mean, what I would recommend too is um, there's this course that people can take. It's called Ziva Meditation. It's by far like the simplest, easiest um, okay. uh, a course and all um, like Z-I-V-A uh, and, then med- and then meditation. And, um, awesome. and, and, and this is, this is a course that, uh, professional athletes take, um, like all kind like, like Forrest Whitaker, the actors taking like all like the guy from the X-Men, the Wolverines do this. Um, like the, the actor, uh, Hugh, Hugh, ja- Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's taken this course before he's a big fan of it. Um, take this. I'm not affiliated in any, in any way, although I, I know the person who runs it. Um, but it's like the most simple, straightforward course, no fluff, no, no BS, no woo woo, no, no, like crazy complicated stuff. Literally. It's like, how can I like, like, what can I do to make my life better? That's the point of meditation. You know, like meditation, it's, it's not about improving how you meditate, you know, that, that will come, but really it's like trying to condition yourself for literally the first time in your life to sit like in the darkness, to disconnect from your external environment. And I mean, like when we sleep, we're not in the present moment, like our subconscious, we're, like we're out of consciousness. And so it's like literally like the, for the first time in your life, first time ever disconnect from the external environment. And so it's, it's going to be extremely hard naturally. And so knowing that it's going to be tough, I think that'll help sort of anticipate and then also just have patience with yourself and also just be like, Hey, even if you suck, even if, like I, like I've been meditating for basically like every day for the last like four, like four or five years now. And dude, there are still mornings where I get up and like, like I can't do this right now. And it's, and it's tough. <laughs> Screw man. this meditating stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's tough. But then I know, like at a uh, like at a higher consciousness, like dude, it's gonna suck, but it's gonna make your day way better. And I have the evidence of the days where I don't meditate and and how much my day maybe wasn't on target as I wanted to. Man, I absolutely love everything that you're giving right now, and it, and it, it's giving me a completely different perspective on it because I treat yes. everything like a video game. So I'm like, yo, I have to be exactly. A plus level. Like I got to be the best meditator of all time. Right. And and when you break it down that way, it's really just no, like you're taking a moment to be still detached from everything else and really just focusing on 
just getting better at at life, like you said. And and I really love again the stuff that you said. It's going deeper that we just talked about and everything on nature. So man, I really do appreciate all this insight that you've given us on starting to do your meditation, the nutrition, right? The VR. So as we wrap up this and you've said so you've given us a lot of stuff, but what is your one-up formula that most people don't know about? It's hmm. an interesting question. Um, I think the biggest thing that um, that I really struggled with is 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 how do I be myself? And and I think like a lot of the times we think that's like a natural process. I honestly don't think so. I think like unless you had like the perfect parents, the perfect upbringing, I think most people struggle with that. Um, and so for me, it's how do I almost get in touch with myself every day? Right. And it's like, you know, we, we have, you know, we have like different, um, you know, like sales protocols to get in touch with like certain prospects on this day. But like, what protocols do we have to get in touch with ourselves first thing in the morning? Because I can tell you, like, if I have already started the day, and I'm with the external world, and I go off the assumption that I just know myself without purposefully grounding myself in either a, a walk outside, meditating, like writing my thoughts down in paper, make sure I'm, I'm focusing on the right things in my life. Then a lot of the times, like I just end up going with the flow and I can like, I can push myself. I can brute force myself for like eight hours for a day, for a week. But in the long term, there's consequences. And so for me, my one-up formula is look at yourself physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and try to ground yourself on each one of these levels each day and get in touch with yourself before you go out there and get in touch with, with your clients, with, 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 with everyone else that you've got to get in touch with. And, and a yeah. lot of the times, I think the main struggle with that is we, we try to like not think about ourselves because we're like, oh, it's all about other people. It's all about helping other people. Well, the reality is, is like, if you need help, but you can't admit that because you know, you're a man or whatever, um, and you're just working off that, then you're going to have trouble thinking about other people because your brain is automatically always going to think about yourself because you genuinely do need help. And so trying to find ways to ground myself on those four layers, whether it's, you know, like through meditation, I think meditation actually crosses out all of them. It's it does. a physical activity. It's spiritual. It's emotional. It's with your thoughts and your brain. And so meditation is like that. Everyone's got a different version, but try to find a way to, to like ground yourself. Another one too, is like, like literally looking at myself in the mirror and, uh, and like literally just like being like, like, yo, like I'm, I'm like Mark Matry, like, this is what I stand for. Like, here's my purpose in the world. And again, like, I think a lot of us, we just, we, we, we try to skip these parts because we think we either don't need it or it's stupid or it, or it's, it's something that we view that should come as common sense. When in reality, it's like, yo, you are whatever you do. Right. And so like, you got to do almost who you want to be in the future. And so if you can fit those things in, get in touch with yourself each day, then whether it's on a podcast like this or whatever you do, you're showing up as yourself and you're being authentic. And the real power of this Morgan is like, like, I'm sure you know this, but like, I get like the, like the craziest things where like, I'll get an email from someone I talked to like two years ago 
who said like, yo, Mark, I don't know if you remember me, but I reached out to you on LinkedIn like two years ago. And then, hey, by the way, you know, my company that's got like 50 employees, you know, we want to hire you to like do this podcast. And then I'm thinking like, wait, had that even happen? I, I like barely know. <laughs> yeah, but, it's like- but what it is, is man, is like, I do these things every single day to show up as myself so that I am myself, whether I think about it or, or I'm not. So whether I'm on a call, whether I'm on this, I'm my authentic self on default. And dude, if you do that every single day, 365 days a year, or as many times as you can, and you do that for 10 years, dude, that's how you build the career right there. And it all starts off with your internal, how you view yourself. How do you ground yourself? Do you know yourself? And these are things that no doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter how many years you've got in the industry. This is like some human psychological stuff that everybody faces, especially leaders, especially if you have people that are looking up to you. And so, especially if you want to create something in the world, like this stuff is is super, super important because you see so many people who struggle with this. They 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 become an entrepreneur, they become a creator, and they get burnt out. And I think a big reason because of that is because they're not grounding themselves. They're not making sure, yo, am I good physically? Am I good emotionally? Am I good mentally? Am I good spiritually? And so that may look a little bit different for each person, but finding those buckets that you care about that help you be yourself and doing that every day, that, that that's my one of formula, man, you know? I, I mean, I absolutely love it. So I have a mastermind of, of the four of my friends and every single time we start, we ask each other, what are your MEPs? Mental, emotionally physical and spiritual every single time that's how we that's how we start the meeting and that gives a gauge on like where you stand and then obviously we dissect from there and what i also like that you mentioned is understanding yourself more i read the law of success by napoleon hill who he for the most well-known book is think you go rich but there's another book called law of success which i believe is better and i'll debate anyone on that and the whole thing is that he talks about your energy and people can read your energy, whether you like it or not, right? So if you don't know yourself, if you're not self-aware, the people who have very high energy and can read that will be able to sniff you out. And so you want to make sure that you're continuously growing and looking at these maps. So, and I appreciate you sharing that. And and the last part here is what shout outs do you have, man, to anybody out there just in general? And then where can people find you so they can get more of these insights? Dude, shout out to Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Scott. Dude, I love Scott, man. He invited me on his on on his podcast that he was doing um, with a sales ha- sales something I forget. Sales hacker probably sales engagement podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I met him through there, and he's uh, he's a dope dude. And um, and uh, I remember he told me this quote, and he said uh, he said something along the lines of, "When you speak your truth, which is like what we're talking about, you give other people permission to be themselves." And, and, and like the biggest thing is like that is that is so true. And and like I recall, you know, like growing up and always um like hearing about like this energy stuff and always just thinking that it was woo-woo, thinking that it was BS until I actually started to like do different things that are proven to like increase your your energy frequency, like eat healthy because you are what you become, like meditate. And dude, life totally changes. And and, and like throughout like this entire podcast like when I was hearing myself, like talk about meditation, if you have never heard about meditation or if you've never done it, you probably thought everything I said. Is just, <laughs> he was like, what is he saying? Yeah. And so what I would say is like, Hey, take this as a moment of faith. I don't have any more shots, but take this as a moment of faith, do something like, you know, I don't know if Morgan is going to have a follow-up episode, 
but do something, do something that I said in this because small changes can, 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 can have long lasting effects. And, and, and yeah, you know, like I, I've been able to, you know, I don't think I'm smart, but I think I've been able to talk to a lot of smart people. And I have literally sat in front of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of the world's most successful leaders from people like Patrick Bed David to neuroscientists, to billionaires, to heads of like governments, like so many different things. And, um, Dude, most of them meditate. Most of them have some grinding exercise. Most of them eat healthy. Most of them have sort of understood these like very universal human principles that um, I think if you take one thing in there and you do, um, it'll be fun, you know, and just be curious about it. So, dude, Morgan, I um, I appreciate you, man, for having me on. I don't even know if I answered your questions, but. Yeah, no, no where can they find you, Mark? Because that's what that was the last piece. Yeah. Is it Instagram? Where are they, where are they at? Yeah, go on, go on LinkedIn and shoot me a personalized connection request, or just DM me on LinkedIn on on on, ex- on Instagram, excuse me. And I'm Mark Metry, M A R K M E T R Y. And uh, dude, this is so fun. No, I absolutely love this, man. Uh, thank you so much for bringing on the insights. And, and Mark said it. You guys know how I am. Like, don't just listen to this and be like, "Oh, that was cool." Like, actually do something. And there will be a follow up episode, and I'm gonna do one of the things that Mark said. It's probably gonna be this either the nutrition because i'm actually interested in like trying out something new that's healthy or the meditation you guys will hear from that soon and as always guys appreciate you listening and let's go out and one-up ourselves <laughs>